Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. I want to pick up on our series here on encounters. We've been talking about, uh, you know, our heart and our desire that if we're really, if there's anything that we need, we need a true move of God both corporately and, and personally. And we've been talking about different encounters that people have had with the Lord. Last week I took a little bit of a detour because it was Thanksgiving and I felt like God gave me a word. This week I'm a little bit off course again, but you'll see that I'll pull it in uh, to our series uh, on encounters um, as we look at a psalm that David wrote. And uh, Psalm 20, verse 6 to 9 says this. Now this I know. I want you to highlight that. Now this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He he answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with victorious power of his right hand. That that reference to right hand is the the position of authority. It's, It's the hand of authority. And so he gives victorious power from his right hand. So some may trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They, and he's talking, when he says they, we're talking about chariots and horses and armies. They are brought to their knees and they fall. But we, we who are in the Lord, we rise up and we stand firm. And then he prays this prayer. Lord, give victory to the king and answer us when we call. Uh, You know, have you ever had a moment, and I'm sure you have if you're like me, uh, whether it's you hear a song and you can't stop thinking about it, you keep singing that song all day long, you're humming it somewhere in your house, or you know, sometimes when you're in your car and all of a sudden that song comes on that you haven't heard, or maybe it's a song that you just downloaded you know, from Spotify or iTunes, and, and it just grabs you and you like on repeat, and how many times have my kids gotten into a car and I've had the same song being played over and over and over again, I'm looking at my kids right now, Abby's smiling at me because she knows what I'm talking about, and she kind of just rolls her eyes at me at this point, right, how many get the, how many get the dad eye roll thing, like we, we all get it, right, how many moms get it? I just wonder how moms get it as much as dads, like, you know, so, uh, and so, you know, you get something stuck in your head. And you keep singing it, or you keep dwelling on it. And that's what happened to me this week with this verse. In fact, over the last couple of weeks, I haven't been able to shake this scripture. Especially the part where David says, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we choose to trust in the name of the Lord, our God. And David couldn't get this out of his heart. He couldn't get it out of his, his mind. And, and, and the thing about the psalm is that when it was written, it was written for soldiers as they were about to go into battle. And so they would sing this psalm. They would make this psalm a declaration as they were going to battle to remind them of the many victories that God had given them over the years. And David himself, I mean, we all know David was this mighty warrior. He had many, many victories. And I love back to that first line where he says, now this I know. That phrase is this idea of saying, you know, I've, I've lived my life and here's, here's what the evidence would suggest or here's the verdict that would come as a result of, of, of all of the experiences. This is the conclusion that I come to. Now this I know, that it's the Lord who gives victory to his anointed one. And that's something I hope and pray that you would just gravitate and hold on to today. I had to remind myself this week 
in the last couple of weeks, just reminding myself over and over. I found myself not singing it, but praying it. You know, certain situations or conversations or challenges as we try to navigate through this whole season, and I find myself, I found the Lord reminding me to stay close, to remind me that, that He truly is my source. And in the same way, David, you know, I felt this this week as I couldn't shake the, you know, the, the words, some may trust in chariots and some may trust in horses, but we will choose to trust in the name of our God. I couldn't shake it, and I felt like God saying, I want you to speak to it today. I want you to bring a word of encouragement. I want you to bring this, this word that will stir them up. And, and not in the same way that David would say, hey, listen, remember the victories. Listen, whatever you're facing today, whatever you're walking through, wherever you are today, online or on site, whatever is going on inside your life, remember the victories. Any battle that you're going through, it's important to remind yourself that when God jumped in when nobody else could be there. Or that moment, that 11th hour kind of moment, or, you know, that conversation you have with, a, say, a boss or a doctor where they just say, there's nothing else that we can do. And I think this word touches everybody where we are at. And I feel like God's saying, I want you to have confidence today. I want you to be reminded of the confidence that you can have, the kind of confidence that David had. And David's came from this experience that over the years of his life, this I now know. The Lord gave me victory in every single one of them. And I feel like there's somebody, whether it's on site or online, someone in our church family, or someone's going to watch this at some point, and prophetically you need to hear this. Continue to place your trust in God. Continue to make sure that he is the source, and guard your heart. Because it's easy, especially for David's audience, all of his soldiers, they would have trusted in the equipment that they had to keep them safe. You know, chariots and horses, which I'll get to in a second, were, were, were symbols of military might, and they military, on a military level, were significant in battle and war. And sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in trusting those sources or those avenues as the, as the, as the reason that I'm succeeding through something, or even in the season as a, as a ministry team, we're trying to find out how do you do the on-site and online really well. How do we make sure that no matter where you are in your, in your, in your journey and, and what's going on and, and some of the challenges that you might be facing on a personal level, how can we continue to make sure that ministry is happening at the same level, at the same quality? And it's so easy for us, especially over the last number of months, to find ourselves going, oh, let's tweak this, and man, if we get a better camera angle, and you know, and, and you know, if we get, you know, if we get this computer, and we get what, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with some of those avenues, but it's just that, those are avenues. Because I remember in August, even having a conversation with some of our staff, it's like with all this technology, and all the challenges, and all the changes, we, we had a moment where we just felt like God just saying, I want you to draw close. You kind of lost sight of me a little bit. And yet this is important because we want to continue to minister to everyone that we possibly can. And it's so easy to go, man, if the sound is just right or, you know, if the music is just on, if, that's the, if it's the right song, if the lighting is just right, then man, we'll be successful and I look at it the opposite. I feel like God's saying, hey, listen, those are avenues that, you, that I've given you to be successful. But the truth is your success is grounded in me. Victory comes through me.
And David, every time his army would go out, he would declare this. He would, he would challenge them to be confident in the source, not the sources or the avenues around them. You know, I love, I love this because, you know, you would often think to yourself, well, David had this close relationship with God, and so he's functioning out of that relationship, which we'll, I'll get to in a second. But in reality, David was also responding to a commandment of God. Because it's the desire of God. This message that David sings or writes in Psalm 20 is a result of something that God set into motion for all of, of, all of, all of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 16. Here was a commandment of God that was given to the Israelites before they actually possessed the promised land. Before they go in, he wanted to set some rules about becoming their own nation and the land that they would possess. And they are going to be very different than every other nation. And here's one of them. Verse 16. The king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make people return to Egypt to get more of them. For this is what God has told you. You are not to go back that way again. I don't want you to acquire great masses of horses. Why? But here's, here's why. We're human. And it's way too easy for us to hold on things that we can see than hold on to things and trust in things that we cannot see. See, every nation around Israel, they did this. They, because, and, and the reality is, is that a great nation was, was known as a great nation simply because of the amount of horses or chariots that they had. And it made sense. It, it, was, this, it was this picture of their might and their power. And it was meant to, to put fear in their, their enemies' hearts. And so you can imagine if you've ever been around, you know, a few horses that are, are riding and you can hear the thump on the ground and you can kind of feel it and imagine horses coming your way. And, and the thing about a horse is that on a position and a military level, you, you're, you're in the higher ground. And so you're not in the defensive mode, you're in attack mode. And so you're in a better place because you've got the higher ground. Or chariots. I mean, chariots, you can imagine just the rumble from chariots, but their ability to carry more than just a couple of people or multiple weapons. And then on top of that, you've got this protection around their legs. And, and so, again, you can imagine if you're the enemy and someone's barreling down on you with, like, you know, chariots or horses. Last night I watched a movie, uh, you know, uh, based on, I think it's called The Outlaw King. And so, you know, again, same idea, you know, these horses and these chariots. And, and it's meant to just stir fear when you see it and hear it. But God says, I want you to be different. And where every other nation around you is amassing all of these things, and they're putting value, and they're putting their trust in these things. That's why David says, some, where some, I would put the word uh, where in brackets there, where some trust in chariots and some in horses, we choose to trust in the name, the renown, the reputation, the proven method of our God. I love that. I'm choosing to trust in God. And this I know, it's the conviction of my heart. The reality is, is that my life, I've learned and I've seen, I've experienced, and the verdict would say, it doesn't make any sense to trust in those things. Why? Because here's the problem with some of these things. A lot of these things are, crea they are, they're created. And if it's created, then they are fallible. 
meaning they have the ability to, to be flawed or weak or imperfect or limited. Listen to what David says here in verse 9. He said, they're brought to their knees and they fall. Last night when I was watching this movie, I saw that a couple of times where there were moments where, you know, the horses got stuck in mud and, and you know, just the way that they had prepared for the attack. And it's really interesting to see how, you know, imperfect these moments are, these situations are with these great and mighty weapons of war. But that's not like God. God's not created and he doesn't fail. He's all-powerful. There's nothing that overwhelms him. There's nothing that keeps him from doing what he wants to do or things that he wants to accomplish. There's nobody that speaks over him. There's nobody that says or declares any authority. He has all authority. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And, and David says that's why we trust in God because he's perfect. He's not imperfect. I, I, I was thinking about this on Monday. Like I said, the scripture's been running through my head. And I found myself praying it so many times. And on Monday afternoon, while we were waiting for that turkey dinner to get ready, man, you can smell the turkey through the window. Oh, it was so good. And I was outside messing around with my fence again. I know. Anybody that's been a part of community knows that I've had quite the experience with my fence. And so, you know, these posts that we have at the back of our yard, they started to twist from the middle up. And so I had to, my, my, I, I decided to brace, you know, two of the six-inch posts. Just put, I just jammed in this this brace to keep it from twisting any further. And while I'm doing this, and I'm, you know, I'm out there, and, and I'm on this ladder, and, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, man, like, this is not really stable because I'm on, like, a bit of a slope. And, and all of a sudden, I had this flashback to how many ladders I've broken over the years. It's okay to laugh. It's true. I just want to encourage you. If you have a pool and you invite me over to your house, don't let me swim in your pool. I've broken a few pool ladders in my lifetime. I'm just, I'm just saying, man, like... You know? And as embarrassing as it is, I had a moment last Monday where I'm thinking, I could collapse this, the way, the way that it's hanging, that may not be in my weight, but the shift of my weight, I could collapse this ladder in a heartbeat. Or coming out of the pool, and I'm climbing in this ladder. Especially those plastic ladders, man, they're useless. You know, like... And they break because they can't handle the weight. They break because they're limited. Do not exceed. How many times have you seen that on something and then completely ignore it? Then realize afterwards you probably should have listened to it. Why? Because they're fallible. They're created. They can only handle so much. And in this season, you know when you're trying to just wrestle through stuff you know like when you're trying to navigate through stuff when when you're facing some of those challenges it, it's easy in this season to just grab a hold of something just so if it works this will get me through this will get me by and over the last number of weeks i felt like god saying listen you are striving for something you're contending for something that you don't need to contend for because now this i know it's the Lord who gives victory to his anointed one. Don't get me wrong. Listen to me. God doesn't say in Deuteronomy chapter 17 not to have any horses. He just said, don't be like every other nation. 
Don't be like every other person who has no faith, no relationship with God, who believes that their success is determined by their skill set or by the amount of wealth that's in their bank account or how well their company is doing or how nice this is or how this works or how they could do that and, and they've got everything else going on. If anything, this season should have shown us how quickly things in the world can collapse. Except for God. He doesn't fail. It's not in his nature. He doesn't lose sight. He's not someone that you can go, well, I'll, I'll throw up this Hail Mary and I hope that he can come through. No, not at all, man. With absolute confidence. Think about that. David had this intense confidence in God. And today our horses and chariots can be everything from equipment to resources, our businesses, our jobs, our skill set. And none of, not, none of those things are, are, not that any of those things are not important. They're all important. Don't get me wrong. God says, listen, I don't want you to am amass great amounts of horses. He didn't say you don't have any. The truth is, is that God does use things around you. He has supplied you and gifted you with things and resources around you that God will use. But remember the difference. Those are avenues, not sources for success. It's kind of like last night when I was sitting uh, at my, my, my table uh, in my kitchen and I was uh, looking over my notes and I had some music going on and and I decided, and I finally got to that point. I didn't think I'd ever get there, but I am at that point. I'm going to admit something. I don't want to admit it, but I'm going to admit it. I finally hit the stage where I can't have a normal, regular cup of coffee after like 6 or 7 o'clock because it'll keep me up all night long. How many know what I'm talking about, right? I used to laugh at all of those people. Really, seriously? Come on, man. You can't have a cup of coffee at like 6 o'clock and, it, no, man, it keeps me up all night long, you know? And, and so I finally got into having decaf in the evening because I was trying to find a way to, you know, take away a few more of those sleepless nights that I've had, you know, nights of insomnia, right? And so I'm sitting there having my decaf coffee and I'm looking into my cup and I'm looking at it and, I, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, you know, as I'm looking at my notes, it's just like this. It's like I could look at this cup as the source that gave me the coffee, but the truth is it's just an avenue. It's the coffee maker that makes my coffee. I could have used anything, a cup. I could have used a spoon. That would have been awkward, but I'm just throwing it out there. A spoon. I can use a bowl. I can use a glass cup. I can use, I can use anything that I want to use to get me my coffee, but the source is the coffee maker. It's the same thing. God can use a lot of different avenues. God can use a lot of different things. But the truth is, the reality is, he is the source of our victory. And I think part of the reason why God challenged Israel to not amass all of these things is because they would fall into the temptation of getting everything they can to have victory when the reality is God saying, you have all that you need. I mean, look at Gideon, for example. Right? Gideon had this massive army, and God kept saying, I want, you to, I want you to cut your numbers down. Cut your numbers down. As they're getting ready to go to war, cut your numbers down. And, and, and here's Gideon, and he's having this moment like, seriously, God? Like, I can't, we, there's no way that we can win. And I think it got down to like 300 warriors. And what was the point? God could have got Gideon down to just by himself if he wanted to. Why? Because he wanted to teach Gideon 
He wants to teach every one of us. Sometimes I think God allows us to go through those moments so that we can be taught this lesson. If you want to have confidence, you got to let me teach you this lesson. You're not alone. And to be honest with you, I might use some things as avenues, but the truth is you will be victorious because I'm simply on your side. And I got thinking about that. And you know, it'd be easy to sit here and go, well, David understood that because of all the experiences he had as this military warrior. He's a king. That's what he does. Do you know what's interesting about this? Is that David's first public moment, the moment that he came on the scene for everyone to see 1 Samuel chapter 17. The verses or the chapters before this, he gets anointed king, but this is all private. Nobody knows what's going on. And if, if you remember the story, David was out in the, in the fields. He was a shepherd boy. His dad didn't even call him to the lineup to be selected as a king because his dad just said, you know what? He doesn't have what it takes. Just think about that for a moment. He's not in line. But then he gets anointed king and he goes right back to the field. And then all of a sudden, 1 Samuel chapter 17, most of us would remember the story. It's, it's, it's the Israelites and they're facing the Philistines and Goliath would come out every day and he would challenge them, this nine foot nine giant. Let's go. Send out your best warrior. And nobody, including King Saul himself, would leave where they are. They were all afraid then good old David the shepherd boy comes running along and he sees this and it angers him it bothers him he's, he's frustrated he's like I don't understand what's going on how could they do this why are you standing here he's defying us he's mocking us what are we doing this little shepherd boy he's not a military veteran And if you remember the words of David, just think about how confident this is. He not only says, I'll go, not only does he have this little encounter with King Saul who tries to put armor on him and he says, nah, I don't need that stuff, I don't need, just think about that for a moment. I don't need your armor. He walks into this valley with Goliath and Goliath is laughing, he goes, man, what are you doing throwing this little kid at me? In, I think it's verse 46, David says to Goliath, you might come at me with your sword, you might come at me with your shield, you might come at me with your javelin. What are those? Weapons of war. Sound familiar? Some may trust in horses, and some may trust in chariots. But listen to the next line, because it's almost identical. David says, listen, you come at me with those things, but I'm standing here, and I'm going at you in the name of my God. Psalm 20. I trust in the name of my God. And here's this little kid, and all he went in there with was a slingshot. One 
moment. I, if I, I, I could preach on this forever. Just thinking about this. The scripture says that when Goliath made a move, David rushed towards him. It's on. I don't know if he said this, but I can, I can picture it. It's on like Donkey Kong. Let's go. <laughs> That's for Cody. But anyways, because <laughs> I know he's thinking it. Oh, come on. But can I just say this? Early on in that passage, when King Saul says, well, what's your experience, David? He says, well, the field that I've been at all by myself, I've had to fight off a lion and a bear. And he gets a little descriptive of what he did with the lion and the bear. But I want to remind you of something. I mentioned a few months ago, uh, probably about a year ago, I read a book from John Gray called I Am Number Eight. If you want a book that would really inspire you and stir your heart, read that book. It was all about King David, and he said this. Because I'm going to suggest to you, because for David to have that kind of confidence standing in front of a nine-foot-nine giant when the entire Israelite army wouldn't come and stand in front of him, where does that confidence come from? See, Psalm 20, I get it. It's the experience. He's been to battle. He knows what he's faced. He's seen God every single time. But th that's not the case here. This is the first military moment for King David that I know of. I'm going to suggest to you that the foundation of his confidence started with his encounter. Because I love how John Gray describes the season of being in the field by himself, knowing that he's anointed king, but the opportunity, the door hasn't opened yet. And he says this in his book, and it's up on the screen. It'll be online right now. He says this, in the field, he began a lifelong communion with the living God. And in that field, and I'm paraphrasing here, in that lifelong communion, in those moments where it was just him and God and a bunch of sheep, and every once in a while, some bear or some lion would come out to attack. John Gray says, I believe this is where God, this is where he discovered that God was all that he had, and he soon learned that God was all that he needed. Every time I look at Psalm, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and he's facing Goliath, I've always marveled at the depth of his confidence. And I think his confidence came because he had a lifelong communion already encountering God. Intimacy with the Lord. That's why, listen, hear my heart, community. Hear my heart to our online family. To anybody who will watch this in the days or the weeks or maybe a couple years from now. Know my heart. The foundation to the development of who we are in Christ 
begins at the encounters that we choose to have with Him. We get into that moment of getting face-to-face and prayer, and, and that's really where my heart is. Can I, can I say this? I knew that today would be a little longer, that just the words that God kept stirring in my heart, because I just believe that God is, is wanting us. That's the whole point of the series as a church, whether we're at home or we're in our car or we're at work or you know we're here on site or whatever it is, that we would begin to press more and more into the presence of God, because those encounters are life-changing. It's the place where we get anchored. And we started our year talking about being deep-rooted and building our lives on the rock of God. Our community needs a church. Our world needs the church to rise up and be the church that God has created and called us and designed us to be. And I'm telling you, you can't get there until you have a hunger for the presence of God. There needs to be a lifelong communion, interaction, intimacy with God. And then the experiences that God will lead you will reinforce what He's teaching you in secret. And I know why God's been stirring this word in my heart. As you guys know, we've been having times of, of, of prayer around the campfire, campfire, coffee, and convos with Jesus. I feel like this is an opportunity that God is using to reset his church. I think, and I, this is not a, a, a comment on community itself. I just think this is a comment as a pastor That God has given us some avenues that we have chosen to rely on the avenues more than we've chosen to, tr- to trust and rely on God. I feel like God is just re- reminding us that in the midst of the chaos, there's one thing that holds true. It's Him. So I don't apologize for prayer, and I'm certainly not going to apologize for what I'm about to call you to. I don't think you're going to have a problem with it either. Two things I want to do over the next few months before the, the beginning of a brand new year. I just have the sense in my heart, I feel like God's saying you need to do this before, and it might just be me in a room by myself. I'm okay with that. Toss the church on the back of my shoulder and keep pressing through, but I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. And I have a feeling that there are some people in our church that have been sensing this for a while. Sometimes I'm a little slow to the gate, you know. And I just feel like God, two things. One, on October 28th, I'll be starting what's called the prayer course. It's written by a guy that was a part of Alpha, still is a part of Alpha. Many of you guys know about Alpha. It's a phenomenal ministry worldwide. It's resulted in so many people coming to Jesus. But I'm going to do an online and on-site prayer journey. We're going to start on October 28th. We'll take a bit of a break just as the Christmas season kicks in. And then we'll pick it up again in January. And, and it's just some teaching on the Lord's Prayer and just how God used that. And we're going to, we're, we're, and he taught that. And so we're going we're gonna to walk through. I mean, I just feel like the Spirit of God is just stirring right now. And 
And I just feel like God's saying, I want you to teach. I know it's basic, but just lay that foundation in prayer. I read something yesterday on Twitter that talked about how a lot of times prayer usually is the, is the second thing that we do. When it should be the first thing that we do. Can I just say this, and, and please hear my heart, if your first reaction, if my first reaction in the midst of the chaos is to not call on God, then God is not the source that I'm depending on. Because if he was, he'd be my first call. Right to my knee. And I believe that God wants to break some things. I believe that the Lord wants to release some things. And I have the sense in my heart, and I've been mulling over for literally two or three weeks now. That's why the scripture, I can't shake it. I just feel like God's not only calling us to do the prayer course, and you can join me. Like I said, it'll be, we'll be doing it simultaneously live through Zoom and, and then in-house for those that want to be in person. It doesn't matter. Whichever one you choose is great with me. I'm, I just want people to join me. But at the beginning of November, I've just had this conviction. I've been toying with the date. I still don't have it down, but I just feel like at the beginning of November, I actually want to call Community Church to 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, before you start freaking out about the whole food thing, <laughs> eat a bunch of stuff before you get to your fast. Fasting comes in so many different forms, and I will teach on that before we get there. Because for some of us, food is not the thing that we feed off the most. For some of us, it's social media. And I just feel like God's saying, I want you to come to me. I want... I want the blessing and the favor of God. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. That's what I want for my church. That's what I want for my church family. That's what I want for my personal family. That's what I want for each and every one of you in every area and every aspect of your life. And so I'm going to ask you at the beginning of November, we're going to do three weeks, 21 days. Prayer and fasting. I'm announcing it before I even got all the details in place. But I just feel like God's saying, it's time to stop trusting in some horses. And it's time to stop trusting in chariots. And it's time to trust in my name, my renown. I want you to put me, and please understand when I say this, I want you to put me to the test. I want you to see, I want you to taste and see that I'm good first. sense that it needs to happen before the end of this year. I feel like it needs to be a catalyst, almost a springboard into 2021. I don't care what 2020 has looked like. I don't care how many of us feel like it's ripped us off. It's time to turn the page and move on. And I feel like God's saying it's in me. It's in me. It's in me. And no matter what's going on in the natural world, still going to thrive. You're still going to thrive. The gospel's not going to be stopped. It's only going to get stronger. It's only going to get stronger. God will take care of the natural stuff. He's just calling you. He's just calling you. Does that, does that resonate with anybody here today? 
stand with me all over this place. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.